Right, okay, so this is episode 14 of Music and More now. Again, I know I'm saying it, but we're really moving through these, really enjoying them. Um, we had a really interesting chat with Patrick Matthews from the Vines last week. Uh, that was really nice having um, having Patrick on, different perspective, and also you know the perspective of someone else who's you know been in a band that had quite a lot of profile and then you know stepped away from it and you know dealing with that all real life stuff anyway. But Pete, did you enjoy hearing from Patrick as much as I did? Oh yeah, that was amazing. Great guy for one, obviously. Great music, you know, and uh, but I will say there was yeah lots of stuff that I learned from that. I mean, heck, I had no idea that they had already written all the songs for the first two albums before they even made the first album. So yeah, that was that was really cool, man. I uh, fancy myself a little bit of a historian, so finding out little things like that to me are just fascinating. So that was really cool. Exactly, I agree. Um, like you say, little details like that, and you know, Patrick's such a talented musician as well, talented bass player, talented writer, and a great singer as well. Probably underappreciated in some levels um, yeah. for that matter. But yeah, as you say, um, band's history is always interesting to fans. So with that being said, we've got another guest on this week and I'm particularly excited about this one because this is someone else who I haven't spoken to in a very long time, um, you know, through me effectively shutting myself away from all this stuff. But yeah, so this week uh, we've got Will Jackson on, who's a great friend of ours um, and had a lot to do with us, especially sort of when, right at the beginning when everything was great, really. You know, we, we recorded some great stuff we will, um, which we'll talk about now. The very first demo that we did, we did that at Soundworks with Will. And of course, our actual practice room was in his studio for a long time. Again, hopefully he might be able to tell me how many years. I'm not sure. But anyway, so Will Jackson, thank you very much for coming on. Hello. Hello. It's a real pleasure. <laughs> yeah, man. It's so great to see you after so long. And I have to say, you're looking really, really well as well. You look great. Yeah. Well, I've got a little bit less hair than I used to have, but I've, <laughs> cle I've cleverly disguised it. Well, you've got more than me, do you know what I mean? Which a lot of people seem to have these days. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not sold on that. But yeah, man, you're looking great, and it's great to see you. You look like yeah, a, likewise, yeah, yeah. You look like a younger version of Paul McCartney, to be honest. Do you know you're the first person to ever say that? Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I tend to get a bit more like Bill Wyman now, or. <laughs> Something like that, you know. But yeah, yeah, people have often said that, a bit like Paul McCartney. Nice. But um but I'm I'm right handed, so Ah, that's the main difference. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> So, Will, am I am I right in thinking that we sort of first met when we came into Soundworks to record Long Road and a few other bits? Is that right, or were we in before that? Can you remember? Do you know? I think you, you did a session before that. Oh, really? When you just stopped being incense. Right. Okay. Right. Because I, I know we definitely, like I say, we definitely did that demo, and it had it had Long Road on it, and it had um, Walls. And was it Hugh? Yeah. Yeah, with that three-track demo, because that's the one that went round the record labels and started the, the bidding war and everything, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? I'm, try, I'm trying yeah. to... Yeah. Well, that, that came out on... Yeah, well, that was Fierce Panda, wasn't it? It was, yeah. The, that That's right, yeah. That's right. It was Long Road Simon, and War. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, Simon Williams. That's right, yeah. yeah. Good God, yeah. Yeah, but I do seem to remember having a kind of exploratory session before that. Right. I wonder what we did. I'm just. I, I, I could be wrong. I mean, I'm extremely old now. So, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know. well, I'm staring at a. I'm, a, I'm staring at a picture, courtesy of uh, Mr. Battier, um, a picture of an album that he, an EP that he bought. It's it's Fierce Panda, and it says, "Take the long road and walk it." And then AA is the walls get smaller, and that's all that's yeah. on this one. So that's. Yeah, and he it's in mint condition too. He bought that somewhere and yeah, he, he's building quite a collection. Oh yeah. Oh. I've got a few of those. If you have you got the Fierce Panda one as well, Will? You got some copies yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got one copy. Hmm. What number? Oh god, no. Number <laughs> one, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's got the number one, but yeah, we I've got like uh, well, I shouldn't say I've probably got about ten of those. <laughs> yeah, because it, oh, right. it says it says it says limited edition, one thousand. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The limit. There was one thousand of them made, but I mean, honestly, Will, you won't believe it. I, you know, when I started Twitter and that, um, I got my collection together of everything that I could find, all our LPs and stuff, and you know, vinyl, and put a, a, a 
tweet out of all the uh, picture of everything. Um, oh my God, you won't believe the amount of like messages I got. I had no idea that was going to happen. Do you know what I mean? The amount of people who were getting in touch <laughs> with me just saying like, look, you know, I, I need to buy that off you. And I'm like, oh yeah. God. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, you could buy a small house with the proceeds, couldn't you? Well, honestly, like those, some of the, the vinyls are going for ridiculous money. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, it all ties into the fact that we, we really had no idea that this sort of fondness for, for our stuff was still around, really. And that, that's another thing that's kind of fueled this podcast, really, is, um, you know, people's interest in, in mm. you know, in us in general, really, and especially the early days and, you know, the really important things, like I say, sort of um, recording with you and getting that practice room at your place. Because to my memory, it was kind of, whether it was the first session, I mean, I think you might be right, but I'm, I just tried to remember what would be on that very well, first. I think it was one of those things when, like, it's like Phil's drum kit was slung together with gaffer tape and yeah. it, was, it was just a mess. And I remember <laughs> trying to record and get a semi-decent sound out of it. And we kind of uh, got there. But I yeah. think that would have been the session before the real one. would take the wrong road. Yeah, that did. do you think we got some tapes out of it? Do you think we recorded something? Yeah, but it probably got flooded. <laughs> oh, no. You guys had a flood, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yes. That, I mean, like, that was something we were going to talk about. But I couldn't believe it when I heard about that. Like, it yeah, was it was... It was a catastrophe. Was it like to the ceiling, just completely submerged? Um, it was about a foot foot off the ceiling. Okay. So you needed yeah. dive. You needed diving people to go down and look at the place. Bloody hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what scared me was that the water emptied out within twenty four hours. And I thought, what the hell's going on underneath? <laughs> Where it probably got probably got a big sinkhole or something. You know. Well, but anyway. It's a, it's a it's a good part. I mean, how were you aware of that? Do you know what I mean? How were you first aware of that? Did you get a phone call? Was it like an alarm going off? Do you know what I mean? No, I got um I got a text from the environment agency saying flooding imminent. Right. So that was Boxing Day, um, 2015. I'll never forget it. Yeah. And so I got some wellies, put them in my car, and buggered off to Leeds, and. Um, I got there and the fireman, I saw this water creeping along the road mm. and, I, and I thought, this doesn't look very good. And uh, I asked a fireman and he, he, he said, um, no, I think it's going to, I think you're going to be okay. Right. But hey, how wrong was he? <laughs> yeah. So you just undid the door, went in and opened that main door and looked down then stairs. Oh, no, no, I hadn't started then. This was oh. before it actually went in. Oh, so, right. So I had to try and get stuff upstairs so it's going to be above the water. Yeah. All, all the guitars, the computers, and any small stuff I could find. Yeah. And um, got it upstairs. And then it's really started coming in. And um, wow. then the fire brigade came in and said, you've got to get out of here because you're going to die. Man. I thought, well, okay. Yeah. But the th the thing was, water was pouring all over the electrics, all the, all over the three-phase feeds into the building. It was carnage. Ooh, oh. So yeah, we left. You just got, you just got what you could out and just went home effectively and just let it do its thing. Because what yeah. else can you do? Yeah, there's nothing you could do. Absolutely not. No. So what did the desk, the SSL? What happened with that? Oh, yeah, we rescued that. Uh, I mean, it got power washed. <laughs> <laughs> and, it worked. And, it, and it worked when it tried out it worked my yeah. god i mean the stuff in that water as well do you know what i mean it must have been... oh yeah oh it's filthy yeah but we, we had to pressure wash everything pressure wash the desk and took it all apart and sprayed it wow. with right. water but as long as it's clean water then you leave it to dry it's fine even because you, you never powered it down didn't it even have or did you power it down when the yeah i powered it down then Right. Cool. Otherwise, you know, it could have been very nasty. Yeah. So, yeah, I powered it down and um, walked away. So that was I, it. So I have, I have a question. Was there a disaster recovery program where you had all everything replicated to another location so you didn't lose any of your data? Like, No, I mean, I, I lost a lot of tapes. Ah. Mm. A lot of analog stuff, a lot of digital tapes yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're just trashed. Ugh. That's so painful. You know, so, but some of them, you know, well, actually, quite a lot of them were digitally backed up anyway. Oh, okay. And so, those music recordings were they they were initially on tape, and then did you did you back those up to the computer after that? 
Um, I would have probably done a backup somehow. Oh, okay. But I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened to that. It's just, it, you know, it's just such a, you know, I mean, and so after that, obviously you relocated. How long did it take you to relocate to find somewhere else? What did you do in the meantime? Do you know what I mean? Um, well, I, what I did was I worked from the floor above. Which uh-huh. was a kind. It was kind of a printers, and yeah, yeah. the the Kaiser Chiefs had a storeroom up there. Ah. Oh, I remember. Yeah, so um, they kindly cleared some stuff out, so I could put a bit of gear in there. Right. And I worked out of there for a while, about a couple of months. Yeah. And then I went to see Ryan and Jack up at Hiker and said, you know, have you got a space I can use? Um, said, yeah, fine. Bring your gear in, and that's what I did. Um, it's a great space as well, man. I mean, I've only recently just seen it, but it, you know, it's a it's a really good space in it. I mean, it's not the same. It's not the same as obviously Soundworks, but oh no, no, it's a lot smaller. Mm, but it's yeah. it's it's great. There's a lot of really nice people there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm I'm so happy there. I mean, happier than I ever was at Soundworks. Well, I suppose uh, you know that. I guess that's the main thing ultimately, isn't it? That no one got uh, you managed to you know get everything of real high value out of there before it. I mean, it's, it's it's nuts when you think about it. It really is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I came in and the water had gone down. The grand piano was upside down. Oh. In the mud. You know, I mean, I, I lost two Hammond organs as well. Mm. It's just absolute carnage. Did, I mean, did you, did insurance play a role at any point? Well, oh, yeah, it did. But, but it's never enough. No, no, yeah, no. Like... and a lot, especially when you're dealing with proper vintage gear. Do you know what I mean? That I'm sure you owned yourself for a bloody long time, and it's come with you and stuff like that. When you're losing stuff mm-hmm. like that, yeah, it's a, insurance doesn't cover it, but you know, no. at least you know, I suppose the main thing is there was at least some level of, you know, shit has happened. So give me <laughs> something, please. <laughs> yeah, well, I now have virtual pianos. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> we all bloody hell. Uh, but yeah, it's you know, honestly, it, it, I really like your room. We went and practiced in there, and it's a really cool vibe in there. Do you know what I mean? It must, you must get some great recordings in that room. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's got a lovely yeah. sound, lovely. I mean, we haven't been in the control room, but you know, you, the actual live room is great, man. Yeah, um, well, well, we've got the um, the old AMEC desk out of where you used to rehearse at Soundworks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, I think that's the that's that the desk like, we're using. The thing, the thing that looks like it should be in a submarine with the sort of <laughs> with, the, with the dials on it and stuff. The blue one. That is it dark blue? No, no. Oh, oh well, yeah, kind of. Yeah, sort of battleship grey. I might be thinking of something else, yeah. But I, yeah, I remember you had all sorts of cool stuff in there. All so, sorts of vintage vintage desks and things. Are you talking about the board? The uh, it's an SSL, yeah, yeah. the E series yeah, yeah. desk, the E series desk. It was an E series, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw there's a, and we'll put this on the show notes of the of the podcast page. But I I, I did some googling and I found a bunch of pictures because I'm I'm into seeing what you know what it looked like, what you guys were recording on. But I did see there's like a page that shows all the different pictures of your studio and shows the different boards. So from a tech nerd, that's interesting to hear like what exactly you guys were using. So. <laughs> Looks like an SSL forty sixty four E series desk that you guys use, which looks pretty intense. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're beautiful boards. They're really, really nice. Mm-hmm. You know, but they're very expensive to run, yeah. and you've got to have aircon put in <laughs> to cool it down. Yeah. You know, so you're racking up quite a lot of expense. You know, just keeping it running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The great sound, the great sounding things out there. Do you know what I mean? Like the best, oh. the best, the SSLs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, the AMEC, I mean, that's basically a Neve, the well, one we've got. Yeah, yeah, which, again, pretty good, man. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it's designed by Rupert Neve. Isn't that what Dave Grohl uses, a Neve? Yeah. A lot of people use Neve gear, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And of course, yeah. like you said, a lot, you know, a lot of it's, you know, it's all plug-in stuff nowadays, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I've got um, I've got an Apollo twin with loads of plugins. you know what I mean? Neve strips and Neve preamps and stuff like that. Um, I suppose it's just where a lot of the world's going in terms of actually recording stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's fine. I mean, plugins are a lot better than they used to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all kind of new to me again. You know, like I say, I mean, I've been out of this whole thing for 
10 years, you know, at least 10 years. Um, obviously, you know, on like the third album, we were doing a lot of the demos in in my bedroom, effectively, uh, through Pro Tools LE, do you know what I mean? Like, so I, yeah. when, I ste- when I stepped out of it, um, I sort of lost all that knowledge. So I'm sort of racing to catch up now, you know, just with a, a laptop and the Apollo twin interface and Pro Tools and those sorts of things. But like you say, everything's plug-in, you know what I mean? I've got like a... Two thousand pound Elysis Andromeda synthesizer, and that's just been turned into a little plug-in now. Do you know what I mean? It's just like no, no point, like having that kind of hardware. But I mean, we probably are getting a little bit sort of on the Muso side about equipment. But do you know what I mean? This is this is the sort of thing that I'm talking about, really, in terms of being in these studios and using really great gear, and that's how you make shit sound good, basically. Do you know what I mean? And that's why even our early demos sounded as great as they did, but. You know, I thought it might be quite interesting to talk about sort of, you know, when you first met us and, you know, a lot of your experiences of us and, you know, even when we started practicing there on a regular basis and uh, nearly burning burning the place down and stuff like oh, that. Oh, God, yeah, I'd forgotten about that, yeah. yeah that, was, that was the first night we were in there, wasn't it? it was, yeah, it was pretty early on and I thought, oh my God, is this the way it's going to go? <laughs> Oh, it's candles everywhere. Yeah, no, we, we Wax. Got, yeah, we just got a little bit overzealous. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, uh, you know, I remember, didn't you play hide and seek in the, around the studio with the lights out? <laughs> yes, yeah, that is that is well documented on my YouTube videos. He's talking about hide and seek, yeah. It's a, <laughs> the, only, the only light that were in there was the little glowing standby lights of varying bits of electrical equipment, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. You used to um, get quite refreshed, I believe. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, there, was a, there was a time, well, that, you know, that, because that was, you know, you got to imagine like when you're 18 and, you get your own practice room and that, and you know, we're, you know, smoking a bit of parsley or whatever. And we turn around to you and you're not bothered. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Oh God, do you know what I mean? And that, that sort of, that sort of thing can get out of control unless you sort of, you know what I mean? Um, you watch uh, but, Yeah. I mean, maybe I should have been a bit more parental about yeah. it, but, yeah. that, but, but it's not your style. And, um, do you know what I mean? It was just all part of it really. Wasn't it? You know, it's, you know, like no one could stop us doing that sort of shit. Really. It was just, it was part of what we were doing, just chilling out and making tunes. And that was, that's why that studio was so perfect because we'd effectively just go sit in the reception and, you know, whatever, mm. uh, smoke a few and then go into practice room and just jam for like hours and hours on end. And, you know, I'm sure you'll have had lots of t- times where you've gone out, made a coffee, and then two hours later, gone out and made a coffee and been like, are they playing exactly the same thing they were playing? <laughs> And Will have literally just been playing it for two hours, just playing that tune over and over again. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, 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 yeah. But I remember the he used to have loads and loads of dats that you used to record and um, going. Uh, I mean, you must have spent hours just going through them and finding the good bits. Yeah, I mean, that was always a thing that I used to be terrified about. And it's something that I experience now where, you know, um, and it's even worse when it's for you. But when you're jamming and something comes mm. along that's great. And like in, in, I've had experiences where you ain't got a DAT player set up, where you go, you stop everyone and you're like, that, that's brilliant, that. So let's focus on that. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, I can't quite remember what we're doing. And then you think you remember and you all start playing again and you're like, no, 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 some, it's not the same as it was. So that DAT player became like the, you know what I mean? The, it was just insurance. Mm-hmm. And I always found as well that as long as you had that playing, or recording rather you never forget it you know what i mean it was like having that insurance yeah. just made your your brain soak up your you know the part that you played a bit more or whatever but yeah man and i've still got boxes of those dats no dat player at the moment but i've got boxes of dats that you know there'll be hours of stuff on there but you know yeah. we we used to go into the storeroom and find because you had all sorts of random musical instruments didn't you do you know what i mean i found a bit of brass mm. in there one day i were on some sort of trombone or god knows what you're all do you know what i mean we used, we, used to, <laughs> we used to raid them things and just make whatever noises we could with them yeah there was a lightsaber as well i think <laughs> which was, i think phil got on that one it was genius yeah yeah, but, um, yeah. I was just trying to think of um, those early recordings. I remember that you, you know, it waffled on a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's what 
because you know i think it's probably important to to point out really that like will's right like we would waffle on a bit do you know what i mean and especially in those early days and will probably attest to it there was a what's the word there was, you had to approach things sensitively in terms of you know look instead of saying look guys that bit's too long it's boring you need to do something else there do you know what i mean mm-hmm. it, it was like going around the houses to be like well maybe we should try something else there but as a result anyway i mean i think you brought some really great concise uh, focus to those early tunes do you know especially like human i would say and long road but you know there were things that you suggested in human that made a you know, made it a totally different song. Like, you know, the, like the note shifts at the end of the coda and stuff like that. That was your suggestion. I don't, uh, know, if the, you, I don't the, know if you remember that, but I remember it vividly. You just reminded me. It was A to F sharp and E right. on the right, bass yeah. line. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> that's just, it's a simple thing that adds so much weight to that tune. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, we are on the outro. We were just going over the A and sort of doing psychedelic stuff on that. And then when we when when when, when you suggested that, it, it gave it so much more weight and enabled you, sort of everyone else to do more stuff over it. If you know what I mean, it just made it more right. interesting. And um, you know, I think that's a, I think that's a good example of some early focus that you brought towards because it's a good point. We were very unfocused, and I think that would have been the job of anyone working with us would be to try and sort of lasso some level of creative focus that you know because as i say there was an element of everyone did their own parts and it was very difficult to suggest to anyone else that you know why don't we do this so jams kind of came out as they were if you know what i mean but Mm. that extra level of focus that people like yourself brought especially in that early stage it was really good really good and showed us how it should be done as well in a lot of ways yeah i mean it was funny i mean i remember um Phil in particular got a bit shirty about it. <laughs> <laughs> was was that was that too was that too high? Was the what? Oh God! I think it might have been too high. Are you talking about where we, it was, was? Was it on the outro to two? I can't remember which one it was, but yeah, go on. Well, it it it, it just said uh, I, I said to you know everybody. I think we were all sitting in the control room, and I said, look, yeah, I think I think what we need to do is there's quite a lot of stuff here that could be just condensed out yeah and that bill turns around and says oh it's like taking a pair of scissors to our art man Ooh. <laughs> i love it uh, I mean, that, that was just you know that was that was us at the time though i think do you know what i mean was it was it um or was it emotions was it taking scissors to my emotions oh it might have been emotions even i think it I was know, <laughs> I think it was. I think it was you taking scissors to our emotions, yeah. And even at the time, I was like, "Wow, man, that's deep." How funny! Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I thought, "Oh, right, okay." Um, there's a certain unwillingness here. Yeah. So I thought, right, well, what what do you do? I mean, do you give up or do you just kind of gently persevere? Exactly. Yeah. And it yeah. was a case of gentle perseverance, wasn't it? I think in your case, I mean, I remember that incident well. Um, and I think that's one thing that we, and to be honest, I don't think we ever got over this. Um, we weren't very good in those, What would you, how would you describe them? Sort of awkward moments, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? Where like, it was like forcing us to address our minds to something. Do you know what I mean? I think we always found those moments a little bit, difficult and yeah i remember phil's vividly saying it's like taking scissors to our emotions but and i think the thing was as well at that point we you know we were all sort of bought into that kind of idea but then at the same time it's the, it, it'll be the job of you to think about it from like a listener's perspective which was summer mm. we we just never did we never thought about it from a listener's perspective do you know what i mean i think when we did later on but especially early it was all about um do you know what i mean just making making sounds that we thought were cool do you know what i mean like we are mm. not often deliberately having weird structures just to irritate people <laughs> well you know yeah, well i mean that's that's your prerogative you know i mean you're, you're you're pretty young at the time. What were you? 18, 19? Just, just 18, yeah. We were just 18. Mm-hmm. But, so you've got the world at your feet and you think you can do anything. And you mm-hmm. please yourself, which is great. You make music for yourself, which is great. But then what happens is other people have got to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh-huh. that's where the balancing act comes in. 
Yeah. yeah, and I'll say, you know, the great word, right? The balancing act, because unfortunately, it usually tips in the other direction too much, right? So, you know, every that's why every band sounded the same in, in the early 2000s, you know, and that's mm-hmm. why when I first heard the music, it was just like head tilt, you know, it's like, oh, wait, that doesn't sound like every other band. And there is a bit of authenticity to their sound, but it does need some structure. So I think, and, and again, balancing act. So I think uh, I'm, I was grateful to, to hear these tunes that sounded so different than everything else because it just really truly seemed like they were jamming but then it just had such a great mix so i think like you said it, there is a balancing act and i think unfortunately too many bands back then leaned the other direction let's sound like everybody else let's keep it to a very you know a tight schedule of this is it needs to only be two minutes and x seconds and yeah, uh, yeah. and then hmm. you basically get a copy paste of everything everything else that's on the radio yeah, well, I mean, that that's just the result of the corporate record company structure, isn't it? Yeah, that is a that is a You know, it's the, it's the, you know, profit bottom line and all that. Well, yeah, which, you know, ultimately probably did for us, for us, you know what I mean? It, that probably did for our career as much as anything in the end, do you know what I mean? As, as much as we had sort of issues within ourselves that obviously contributed to it, there's mm-hmm. no doubt, there's no doubt that our crowd got smaller over the years and i'm not saying that in like a bitchy way out, but you know in the early days we were playing of heaving venues oversold and you know on the last on the third album not so much but i think that was more indicative of what was happening to music in general there'd been a huge shift in the time between our first and well second but especially third records a huge shift in how music was consumed our music was um you know went from artist to ears do you know what i mean all those sorts of things totally changed um mm. a, a lot of the money got sucked out of music which made record companies more and more like you say will um looking at to satisfy that corporate structure and it also did for the death of you know great labels um you know well tech hut for example they had artists on there that it wasn't necessarily all about the bottom line you know i mean obviously everyone's got to sell something but obviously nowadays and with the market shrinking it's like if you don't sell a massive amount you don't Mm. you know what i mean and i think i think we fell victim to that as much um you know, as part of our sort of, well, demise, if you want to call it that, however you want to call it. But it was a very different musical world we were going out. We were putting music out into and touring in, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I quite agree with you. But um, hey-ho, you can get to number one on 12,000 sales now. So. Well, that's it. and that, That's what I mean. It's a, it's a completely different market, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's oh, yeah. a completely it's completely different medium. It's 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 absorbed in a completely different way. Uh, but I suppose the thing is, is you have to diversify effectively and 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 roll with how things go. But it all depends how you look at things, man. Do you know what I mean? And I know me specifically, I, I just want to make great music. Do you know what I mean? Not necessarily about satisfying anything other than creative desire, pretty much. Um, Sorry, I, I've just got to turn my phone sound off. That's oh, all right, man. Don't you worry about. Uh, I was just getting a couple of emails coming in. Nice. For no some worries. reason. Is that what that <laughs> there's like a tape sound I keep hearing from from time to time? What is that? It sounds good. It actually complements the episode, but it almost oh, sounds I didn't like know a, what that. there's like a did you hear it as well, Adam? It's like a it almost sounds like a reel to reel sound. Is there anything No, I didn't hear it. Hear no, unless it's my unless it's my cooling fan on my lap. I don't know. It just it actually I, I actually was glad I heard it. I don't know what I thought it might have been something that was around your your computer, but maybe not. So, so Will, let, I want to go back to those early recordings. Um, you also helped them with the the walls get smaller. I wonder if you have any uh, recollection of the production of that one, because that's a that's a pretty pretty big instrumental song that they created. Um, well, I'm a big I'm a, I'm a big fan of just doing live takes. Yeah, mm-hmm. all all together. That's for the, my first number one priority, if at all possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get everybody comfortable and everybody plays and it's either a beautiful moment or it's a disaster. And that is pretty much it. Uh-huh. I do remember it being played very, very quickly. And I mean, I don't mean fast, but you know, no, it, no, was, no. it was over, the whole process didn't take very long. Hmm. I think that's one, like you say, where it was just a case of, we. that was one that we played so much that it, it its structure had developed and because it was an instrumental anyway, I suppose, in, you know, it's a bit more licensed to 
Although it is quite focused, really, when you listen to Walls and its structure. But yeah, I, it was, you know, it was a case of setting the mics up, getting a great sound, and then just getting a great take. And like you say, I don't think we had to do many. Because no. I'd, I'd sit in that little guitar booth, and from each booth you could see everyone else, couldn't you? Do you know what I mean? Like Robert, Robert being the booth next to me, and then you'd have Phil and Stu. Um, yeah, in the big room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so that, that was the advantage of that that uh, studio. I made sure that we had loads of glass. Mm-hmm. So you could every, see. You could, anybody could see anybody anywhere yeah. in the in the space. So well, I, guess, I guess non-musicians won't really know how important it is, do you know what I mean? Like in terms of, you know, not necessarily, you don't need to talk to each other, but you need to be able to see each other. And it's, you know, we need, to, especially like Phil, we need to see Phil. And especially like on walls, do you know what I mean? Like at yeah. the end of walls where like Phil goes absolutely hell for leather. There's, you're not putting a click on that, do you know what I mean? It's just a day to um, try and keep up. So yeah, it's a good point that the windows were a great addition. Yeah, yeah. And you can hear the fire in the playing on that recording because Everybody was focused, and you could see each other doing it. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, I remember doing. Um, I did an album by the Pigeon Detectives, the first one. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And we didn't use headphones; we just <laughs> used wedge, wedge monitors. Oh, really? Yeah. And yeah. every everybody was in the big room. I mean, everybody. Mm-hmm. Lead so you vocal, did effectively like a gig in there, yeah. almost, but yeah. through wedges. Yeah, yeah, and that's how we did the album. So yeah. when you normally have the glass set up for these guys, is that is the main reason for that to isolate sound for different recordings, or, or what is the reason behind the booths? Um, well, you mean for to have people in different booths? Yeah, well, yeah, have yeah. their amp, have their amp in there, or what have you, um, so they can have their own thing going on. And for I separation mean, as well, in it for separation. Yeah. So you don't, you don't want loads of guitar spilling down the cymbal mics and stuff like that, or any mic where you might have to do a bit of you know jiggery pokery or what. You want you want stuff on separate inputs, basically, Pete. And Got but it. with the glass, you you can see each other. That you know, it's not like you shut away and just listening to each other play. Well, well put. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, it was an interesting one, the pigeons one, because that was just all about the take. Yeah, you know, and we'd set them up. And oh, we had. It was. I remember Jimmy, the drummer, had a, a wedge monitor on the side next to his hi hat, firing at the hi hat, <laughs> with all this stuff coming through it. Yeah, that must have made it fun to mix. Will I didn't mix it? <laughs> well, I did. I, 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 problem to someone else. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I did. I did do quite a lot of the mixing, actually. Um, guy called Steve Harris did some of it. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess it all just sort of added to the sound of it, though. Do you know what I mean? The vibe, uh, all about oh, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Which, and then we have loads of room mics up as well. So exactly, and room mics equals vibe. And I mean, I remember that was always stuff that we talked about. It, you know, it was always about getting a great vibe first, and then getting a take. Do you know what I mean? That is, you know, which is why we ended up with candles everywhere and stuff. <laughs> we won't try to burn the studio down. Just try to get a great vibe going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were like that though because that room was completely red our room were red and like we had like a really bad like few weeks or months where we weren't coming up with oh and we all sat there and we we're like it's the color of this room we'll paint it white that'll you know that'll make us come up with something decent <laughs> yeah but it wasn't white was it, it was some knockoff cheap nasty horrible <laughs> sort of creamy satsuma color or something <laughs> it was, yeah, it was. It went from like a really sort of hoar red to like a really terrible cream. Accessible beige. (laughs) That's it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing, you know, just keep everything immediate and vibey and play it live. Yeah, which is what we did with them. And, and, you know, even stuff like... Mm. Because there's things like Dragon Song as well. That was was in Soundworks. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Dragon Song. It was Dragon Song, um, and that obviously, I don't know if you remember, but I mean, it's a difficult one. Like Rob, Rob fainted, didn't he, during Dragon Song? Do you remember? It, yeah, yeah, it, on the that, control that, room floor. That's right, yeah, yeah. And I had to, well, as I say, I had to, we went to, I took him to hospital. He was okay, um, but I remember him being really sort of shook at the time. And I don't know, man, like since I've, I've listened back to Dragon Song and I'm listening back to the, the vocal take and you're just like, Jesus Christ, there's no wonder he passed out, man. Have yeah. you heard how he's singing? Do you know what I mean? That 
the vocal take on Dragon Song is is insane. And like some notes he's hitting and the power he's putting through his vocal cords. Like to me anyway, retrospectively, it was a little bit like how, you know, I wonder if he'd sort of run out of oxygen as much as anything, do you know? Because it was it was mid song, wasn't it? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, 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 I, I do remember him coming in and saying, I don't feel too uh, clunk. Oh, and wow. then he just went down. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so how much of the Dragon Song is pre-faint and how much is post-faint? What did you, what did you get? I think it was all pre-faint. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow, think, okay. Yeah, I think we'll have, I mean, yeah. we'll have done, I th- when we used to record, we'll have done like, we'll have just played it a few times, won't we? Maybe it was an earlier take, I don't know. Maybe it was the take. I can't quite remember whether when it, it, when it sort of happened, but I, I distinctly remember hearing the vocal recently and thinking, my God, really going for it there. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. oh. Awesome, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I think he'd got everything done by the time he went over. Wow, right, good, good, that's the way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> good job, Rob. <laughs> yeah, he died for his art. Yeah, <laughs> oh, bless him. But, uh, he was, he was really shook up about that, but. You know that I think that's uh, you know Rob, Rob used to do some amazing stuff like that, and I've just been through today actually. I've um, I've been talking to Tony Perry, and he sent me a load of stuff that he's had in his iTunes. Do you know what I mean? Which I'm currently going through, and there's quite a few bits that we did with you that I remember. Um, stuff like Confession, you probably won't remember that. Uh, you'd, you'd remember if I played it to you, but I don't think you'd recognise the name and associate it with the song. Uh, and there's a couple of other like jams. I don't know if you remember, but there were like occasions where. I just were purely on a keyboard and stuff like that. And you oh, record- yeah. Yeah, that's right. And you recorded like these six, seven minute jams. And do you know what I mean? Like some of those, but listening back to them and you're just like, God, you know what I mean? Like some of this stuff's awesome. I, I think at the time there was a little, there was a certain element of us overlooking stuff because it didn't really fit in with where we were trying to go. Not that we were entirely sure where we were trying to go, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But like we do we do some stuff and, and just be like, hey, you know, I'm not that's like too that's too accessible. That's too pop. I remember when we like when Coalition first spoke to us, um we had like a really chilled out reggae tune um called Get It On Get It On, was it? That's another one. If I played it to you, Will, you might. I don't know if we ever. I don't know if we even had it when we went in Soundworks. But I remember anyway. It was like it was so catchy this tune that as soon as like art management heard it, they were a bit like, yeah, we can't put that out now. Do you know what I mean? It, it's too. It's sort of like too good, if you know what I mean. And it set the wrong tone. It's too poppy as well. But it was a really cool tune. But <laughs> um, yeah, there were there were all kinds of sessions that we did at yours where we got these brilliant little gems from um, and. That stuff I'm just rediscovering again now. Um, all all kinds of stuff, man. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, will that be on DAP? Have you got it on DAP? Well, it, it's stuff that Tony's got on his iTunes. Um, so, I mean, the DATs that I've got are practice room DATs. It's purely practice room stuff. Do you know what I mean? Because okay. we just had that mic set up, didn't we, in the middle of the room, and that was what we recorded from. But um, any of the MP3s are up like that will have been stuff that we recorded properly with you and, you know, then you put on the computer or whatever and got fired around. I'll have to send you some of them because there's some interesting stuff in there that even I had forgotten that we'd recorded, you know, some stuff going into the second album. Because, you know, obviously, Pete, again, to give you context, you know, Soundworks were our base for how long, Will? Do you know? Oh, it's about seven years. Seven years, I thought. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Oh yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, man. So you, you know, you saw us go through different stages and that. I mean, Will, mm. can you remember why we left? I can't. Is it? Am I? Are we? About, am I about to open some massive can of worms here? Like, I, <laughs> no, I no, not at all. No, no. What happened was um, we needed to get the room back to be a studio again. Oh, oh so you choked us out. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty as charged. Yeah. Adam was afraid he owed yeah. you money. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, we just needed to get the run back. Right. That was it. Yeah, yeah. And we. Yeah, there, there, there was no malice intended whatsoever. <laughs> I just I can't remember. I was sat there talking to Pete about it and I was just like, I can't actually remember why we. 
went from Soundworks to Iger, but I mean, I suppose we did what you did, but before, do you know what I mean? We went from Soundworks and we found like a new home at Iger. And like you say, the great people that run the place and the, you know, they put a lot of effort into it. And I, I went, well, we all went there recently when we were doing a bit more rehearsing and it, you know, the first time I'd been there in God knows how long. And it's, you know, it's a really good place to be fair. It's a really cool place. Um, yeah, nice. Yeah, it's a it's a vibey place. Yeah, man, it really is. Do you know what I mean? They've got tons of practice rooms, absolutely tons. I didn't realise it had sort of you know gone to the level it has. Really, um, it's you know it's a good place for you to be doing stuff in it as well. Oh yeah, I'm loving it. Absolutely is, loving it. Is the old building mm. where you had uh, where, where you guys recorded all that stuff? Is that I, I, that building is still around? But is that no longer anything that you work with? No, nothing. No, mm. oh no, it's um, I've been out of there for what five years. Six uh, years? Mm. I can't remember. Is it, is so it you don't even know you don't even know what happened to it. I think it just got stripped out. Oh man! And it's just a shell because it's going to flood again at some point. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah. So once it's done it once, yeah, it's like no one's ever going to do out in there again, are they? Nah, no. Nah. So I think they've just left it empty. Because uh, I actually wanted to, uh, whenever whenever this concert happens, you know, whenever the world comes back, and we actually have Temple Newsom, I actually I was hoping to add that to my list of uh, sights to see. <laughs> Going down Kirkstall Road. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's not the greatest part of town, is it? Down there in general. I mean, every no. night, every night you'd be going up to you know drive off, and you'd be like, hello. Whose car are you trying to steal? Do you know what I mean? And like, oh, oh, sorry, mate. Uh, someone told us to remove this car. It's like, no, they didn't. Fuck off, for God's sake. Yeah. yeah no, no. Like, honestly, we came out of there once, and there were some lads loading Rob's brother's scooter onto a flatbed. Wow. And just going, oh, we've been told to take this away. And it's like, uh, no, you haven't. You know, luckily, I guess, really, they were like, oh, it's a mistake, and put it back. But you're like, cheeky bastard. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, I mean, we had um, a brand-new Audi A3 nicked on a flatbed truck in the middle of the day. Ooh. Right. And of course, it was behind them billboards as well. There was like a math, Pete, there was like a, a big pair of billboards sort of that covered the little parking bit. So I guess, you know, you could sort of be a little bit, dis but it's such a busy road anyway with stuff going on. Do you know what I mean? People don't look for stuff like that, do they? So they just yeah. pull up and get it on and off they go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, quite easy. Well, one of the songs that came from there was obviously the one that made them big, which is Take the Long Road and Walk It. And there's a mm. Fierce Panda version, which is arguably better than the, the produced one. I've heard I've heard mixed opinions on this, actually, from a lot of the fans. So I'd love to talk about that version with you. And, and I'm curious what memories you have of it, what input you put into that song, and, and or any memories that you might have about that. Oh, well, I do remember... Um showing you adam the open g tuning yep and the slide guitar the, the slide guitar that's right that's right um and i remember thinking well, how cool this would be just to have an acoustic that just comes in out of nowhere at the end yeah. um yeah and uh, uh, yeah i mean recording wise I, I seem to remember it was pretty much the same as everything else it just went down yeah yeah I'm trying to remember if we made uh, many structural changes to it, but I certainly remember you, you know, being like, what, well, you know, why don't you try a bit of slide? I, did, did you, I think you probably suggested the slide to me as well as the open G tuning, but that guitar that, can't remember what it was. It was, it was called The Dog. The Dog, yeah. I mean, that thing, it just, you looked at it and you just thought, slide. You know what I mean? You look at that guitar and you just think, slide, you know what I mean? Bottleneck slide on that, you've got to look at the thing, it, you know, it begs for it. What kind Whether of guitar you, was you it? You, um, Do you remember what type of guitar it actually was, Bill? I still have it. Oh, yeah, I still have it. It's a, it's a copy, it's, a, it's an East German one, and it's a copy of a Harmony Sovereign. Right. It's a, it, it sounds incredible, that thing. And like the neck on it as well, do you know what I mean? The neck, oh, it's absolutely amazing. And also that, um, oh, it's a slightly separate note, but that old SG you had, oh, that was unbelievable as well. You had like a really vintage SG. Have you still got yeah, that? No. The neck on that thing was sick as well. That were a, yeah. a fast neck. But yeah, um, it's still to this day, I have people saying to me like, why don't you do that bit live? Do you know what I mean? The, the, the original long road, the bit where it goes to that slide guitar, why don't you do it live? And it's like, well, it's kind of hard thing to do because as you say, Will, there's, you know, it's this sort of psychedelic electric tune and then out of nowhere, this, you know, sort of 
Bayou slide guitar sound comes in and you're just like, where's that come from? Do you know what I mean? And I don't know how to do that live. It, I, I could never get, I mean, I just kind of, I do, I, like, I kind of replicate the riff, do you know what I mean? As best I can and just sort of jam it out, but it's not got the same feel, but it were always something really unique about that first version of Long Road. Um, so I remember on the, well, you know, when we, re, when we recorded it with Jim, he wanted to do, did I do a slide on that as well? I think I did do a slide, but it sort of didn't have the same. It was much more, I don't know. What's the Corporate. Word? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to get that one in. <laughs> well, I mean, you'll be you'll be pleased to know, Will, that, um, well, I don't know. I mean, I think everyone prefers that first version. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know. Well, the, I, you know, I, I get, I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot. Do you know what I mean? Look, the first version of Long Road is where, you know, a lot of the soul and vibe of that tune comes from. Um, and it probably is because, was it Long Road on the intro? Oh, Christ. There was that little kid's toy and it used to spin and it had bells. Oh. It. A red bell, a blue bell, a yellow bell. Is that right? It, that was, yeah. on the, was that on the intro of Long Road? It probably was, actually, yeah. Yeah. It's the sure. sort of thing we'd do. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we you. I'm sure that's on the intro of Long Road, just alongside Stu's. Stu's um, affected bass in the beginning, I'm sure. Oh, it yes. might have been another tune, but anyway, that's you know that's just another example of like um, the sort of stuff we did when we were recording. Do you know what I mean? Messing around with little kids' toys or whatever. But <laughs> if it sounds interesting and it adds a layer and a dynamic, yeah. do you know what I mean? That's what it's all about. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, but I, I, I seem to remember that that's that that tune going down really easily, and it was it was like no sweat. You know. Do you remember? Do you remember when Tim and was it Tim Antonio who came up to hear to hear that? I think so. Yeah, yeah. They were they were on one of their missions to Leeds. That's right. That's right. Yeah, cheerleading missions where they'd come up and just get us really vibed up. But obviously that time, I think we had something real to play them, didn't we? Um, yeah, I remember them being blown away by that because I was I was kind of setting up the mix at the time. Uh, I said, oh, just come and have a listen to this. <laughs> and I don't, you, you, you lot weren't here, weren't, weren't at the studio at that point. It was early in the day. All oh, right. And um, I know we played it for him later in the day, didn't we? We played it full band for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they thought, right, well, okay, this is a bit of a game changer. Yeah, yeah. We actually we had we had Tim on actually, and he was talking about that very moment because I think it was the same for, well, it's uh, you know certainly me anyway. You know when you're playing a tune. You know, some you're more excited about than others, and as soon as we nailed Long Road, it was a bit like this feels different. You know what I mean? It feels like I don't mm. know, like especially it felt special. Um, felt like it had legs. You know what I mean? It felt like it really had legs when you when you were looking at our ideas, and because I suppose that that's the other thing. Because I don't like I don't think we had to chop bits out or try and shuffle that to make the um, arrangement work. But that was the, the peculiar thing about us. You'd have the juxtaposition of like a tune like that that's just pure catchy and to the point. And then, yeah. you know, you'd have the eight to nine minute too high or something like that, or just, you know, where we're just jamming around somewhere for ages and ages. And, you know, you'd be forgiven for thinking, well, where's that focus come from? And then, you, you know, but I guess, yeah. you know, I guess that, you know, we did a lot of sort of just jamming out and out jamming that just had no real purpose other than trying to make rob fucking dance and come up with some vocals you know what i mean <laughs> do you remember that though like robert just you know if we were doing as we were doing these takes you'd look over in rob's booth and he'd be dancing do you know what i mean oh, just, yeah yeah. Oh, yeah he was having a lovely time yeah <laughs> uh, I yeah wish, i know i wish there was a video of this but i wish technology was at a time when you guys could have just had this fully filmed because boy it's it's oh we had some we had some we had some awesome times down there like oh yeah yeah, recording with you, you know, everyone sat in control room or getting pizzas and shit like that, sat around, you know, having a few joints or whatever and listening to but listening back to, to, to tunes. Me invariably sat at desk with you going, What's that do? What's that do? What's that do? <laughs> What's that do? Teach yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, I, I want one of those. I want one of those. Yeah. That was me all over. I just, you know, it was like Christmas to me, those sorts of things. You're just like, what? You know, all this possibility, all this sort of recording possibilities used to blow my mind. Well, it is It is fascinating, limitless area, isn't it? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's getting, I suppose it. it's strange the more condensed you can do things. Do you know what I mean? Yet the possibilities are still expanding at the same time. 
you know what I mean? Mm. All, all within a relatively high-powered laptop, you can do all kinds of stuff nowadays, and most listeners won't know the difference. Do you know what I mean? I suppose it's uh, but it's, you know, <laughs> there's, there's, well, it's true, isn't it? It's true. There's you know the, the old ways, the vintage ways. It'll always be better. It'll always be best. Do you know what I mean? But I suppose there's there's best, and then like you say, Will, there's the, the corporate world. You know what I mean? Well, Will, are you of the opinion, you know, because many are, but are you of the opinion that, like, the analog boards, for example, capture a, a different sound than just something that's more modern? Or do you think that there's any validity to the fact that some of the older stuff was is better than the newer? Um, well, it depends what you're talking about. I mean, there's a lot of older stuff that's not of the highest quality to start with. <laughs> but then, you know, I mean, these days, if you're going to get vintage stuff, You've got to get the, you know, the SSLs, the Neves, the yeah. API, what have you. Mm. You can't beat them. Ah, you still yeah. can't beat them. You know, and if you get a really nice, you know, bunch of preamps that are old and vintage, bit of valve action going on in there, mm. that's it. You know, the, mm. then you then you'll get your character. So mm. you know, it's it's the mics and the preamps. That's okay. the important thing. You know. I suppose as well, like the 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 gear that's always been classic, the equipment that's always been classic. That's the stuff that everyone's emulating. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Stuff from God knows when, the seventies, early sixties, whatever. That um, you know, that's what the race is really. Is all these companies capturing, trying to capture the effect that those bits of vintage equipment had on recording and put it into a plugin, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's- it's fun. It's funny because I've just bought. Um, a couple of valve EQ units. They're like the do you remember the EQ, uh, Pultec, mm-hmm. Pultec, Pultec EQ one. Yeah, right. One of those is going to cost you about three grand. Mm. These are Clark Technic, two hundred and twenty quid. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, and and they are really really good. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they sound like Pultecs. So they've got that characteristic. Yeah. You think, well, that's great. Here we go. I mean, marvelous. That's another. That's another thing that's changed massively in the industry. And I suppose we were, when we started, I suppose that was just on its way out, which is the, you know, the the myriad of huge studios that were around the country. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, the massive studios, they've all gone, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? The majority of them, they've just, do you know what I mean? That way of re- making records, people just don't predominantly do that anymore. Or for, you know, for the most part, from what I can see anyway. But again, I've been out of this whole loop for 10 years, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there are a few places still, like the church in Crouch End. Yeah, there's like, but even like Townhouse and stuff like that, some of the big places oh, yeah. that we worked yeah. in. I mean, you know, you've still got Olympic and stuff. Um, yeah, Olympic shut down about, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Oh, well, there you go, Will. So can you think of, because I'm sure there's more tunes that we did that have ended up on stuff, because Dragon Song was a B-side. What was that a B-side on? Um, it was a green label, wasn't it? It was a green label. It was a green label. Well done. So that must have been. Get, was that on Getaway? Was it a B side on Getaway? Oh, it could have been. Yeah, that sounds. That, yeah, that sounds promising. Yeah, I think, I think so. But that—that's another. I mean, that's another example. Dragon Song of like um, a perfect take. I mean, literally. Did I? I think I might have done one or two guitar overdubs on that, didn't I? Maybe a couple. Yeah. But it's yeah, not. I think so. The majority yeah. of that is just one take, and like the drums on that as well absolutely insane phil's drumming on that i mean you know you know we don't phil's drumming in general is insane but uh, uh, when i listened back to dragon song and heard the vocal i was just like and that drumming as well you know no wonder he were like we're not playing that live (laughs) (laughs) dragon honestly there's all there's like there's loads of these tunes that you know look into this reunion show and stuff you're like oh yeah maybe what about dragon song it's like not playing that drum beat let love be the healer no i'm not playing that drum beat sort of cessation so he won't do it no there's some tune (laughs) There's a couple of tunes that all of us are funny about. Every one of us has got the tunes where they're like, well, I don't really fancy playing that. Well, I will if everyone else wants to, but don't really fancy it. But yeah, I think I think a lot of those for Phil come down to how um how difficult it will be to play the to play the the, the bits. But you know, it, we're not we're not 18 anymore, are we? Or 19 or whatever we were when we made that them tunes and we got on stage and acted like that. Do you know what I mean? We're yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm. I'm 37. Listen, listen. If Rob can faint, you know, just to record a song, you guys can suck it up and play some cessation. 
<laughs> oh, listen, mate, I ain't got a problem. But to be fair, you know, I'm not the one who's got to sit there and play that beat yeah. and then do the rest of the gig. Do you know what I mean? It's um, it, it takes a lot of stamina. It does. It does, and it. You know, I, I, no one's gonna try and tell Phil how hard or it isn't how hard it's not to play a fucking <laughs> tune. Do you know what I mean? He's the one that's got to play it at the end of the day. Oh yeah, yeah. For the for the music historians out there, uh, yeah, Dragon Song is track two on uh, on Getaway, the single. So, oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, man. Well, re- well remembered. Yeah, it's a great song. Is that? It's a, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. One of my favorites of ours is Dragon Song. Proper, just fucking vibe is old when it kicks. Really does. Oh yeah. Really does. And I think we did some other stuff. Um, we did. I remember load load of demos that we did in a yeah. big remember- session. Oh, in fact, you know, Will. In fact, this do you is remember Lifeline? Do you remember Lifeline? Yes. You would if I played it to you. I think that's what you're talking about. I think that was the first session. There was Lifeline, and there'll have been a couple of other things on there. Um, no, this is this is later on. This is later on after after Dragon Song. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I remember um, doing a doing a, a few takes of one song. I can't remember what it was. Hmm. And there was this, the, there was drums all over one of your guitar mics. Hmm. And I remember you saying, oh, we've got to keep that and loop it. And we did. And we used that as part of the song. It was a mess, but it was sounded glorious. Oh, well, that sounds like something I do. That certainly hmm. sounds like something I do. I were always up for stuff like that. Um, do you know what I mean? Little oddities, looping oddities. I mean, Christ, one bonfire night, I lent out my window with a microphone and just recorded all the fireworks and then comp- <laughs> and then comped them up in Pro Tools as a rhythm track. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that fucking is. It sounded mint, man. Do you know what I mean? I just chopped it all up and like compressed little bits. So like, there you go. There's a, like a there's a rhythm track going on. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's just so long ago, isn't it? I mean, I, I just, you know, I've recorded about 40,000 songs. Since yeah, then. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what, when will it, when will it have been, really? Um, it must, Ooh, t- been. Two, 2004, five. Well, our second album was five. Our second album came out in 2005. Oh, right. So after that, then. <laughs> Yeah, the first one were 2002 won it. So we we were we were in Soundworks a long time before that because that's the, that's the first thing we did when we got any real stream of income was um effectively rent that room off you, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that was the that was the thing that really gave us the ability to 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 play every day. Do you know what I mean? Rather mm. than you know at that point we were in church halls on like a Tuesday evening and like above above a pub on a Friday evening. Do you know what I mean? So to actually have like a access to like a proper studio as well, you know, we we absolutely loved it. We absolutely mm. loved it, and we caused a lot of carnage down there. <laughs> but it was good carnage. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Yeah. So, so what do you what do you reckon this gig's going to go ahead then? Uh, the the gig is definitely going ahead. I can guarantee you that. It's just a case of when. Yeah. You know I mean? Like, we had obviously it's been scheduled for for May twenty eighth. Um, but I can't. Well, to be honest, mate, no one knows. Do you know what I mean? It's down to Colin Oliver, Future Sound, and the lads down there. Um, there's loads of organizational stuff that we're not privy to that needs sorting out before they can make any kind of announcement. Do you know what I mean? So we just uh, don't, we don't know. It's going to get postponed though, isn't it? Christ, do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, it, well the, the trouble is, is that I'm just a little bit conscious of, you know, everyone being like, well, you know, we don't want to move it. And it's that's fair enough. But what I don't want them to do is like turn around and say, all right, so, you know, we might get eased out of lockdown you know, let's say late March for argument's sake, mm-hmm. that, that, that still gives us fucking no time. Do you know what I mean? It's not necessarily anything to do, well, obviously it is hugely to do with restrictions or whatever, but currently those restrictions are stopping a band from playing. You haven't fucking played for 10 years other than three times. Do you know what I mean? Now, don't get me wrong. Those three times we were fucking good because we, that's just what we're like. Do you know what I mean? We, we haven't forgotten most of it other than the endurance side of it. But still, to be able to you know, put on like an hour and a half high quality 
fucking sure we need to properly rehearse for that we need proper rehearsal time um, which obviously we had all in place and scheduled but with lockdown and that week we, it's not like we can even get in a room to practice do you know what i mean which is more really what we need just stick time and do you know what i mean string time actually playing some over and over and over again like because mm-hmm. as, any, as any musician knows it's one thing to sit down and play somewhere but then stand and play things over and over again for an hour and a half. And let me tell you another thing as well, Les Paul's not that heavy when you're holding one for five minutes. But again, when you've had it over <laughs> your neck for an hour and a half, you're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's nice touch putting the cribs on as well. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought so too. Um, it's a really cool lineup, and there's, there's, you know, people like um, Skinny Brothers and that and the Snuts. I mean, I'm not really sure who they are, but they seem to have quite a vibe going on at the moment. Do you know what I mean? There's like millions of hits on songs and stuff like that. So we just want it to be, um, you know, like sort of a mini festival, really. Um, yeah. That's kind of the idea. I think there's five bands on in there, something like that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. You know, under the under the previous way things were going it was looking like we'd be one of the effectively one of the first big shows out of lockdown if you know what i mean um because right. everything else has been shut down but um it all depends on when we can or when it can be postponed till i suppose which that's just summer that no one knows um but i would say it's almost certain it will get postponed really so is there anything else, Will, that you can think? Any funny memories or anything like that that we should be talking about? Well, or any, any songs yeah, that have gotten? I'm trying to remember. I mean, if, if I hadn't been flooded, I'd have everything. All, all the original multi-tracks have gone, of course. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You know, but hey-ho. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it is a, it's a tragedy, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's, it it's, is. It's that, would, that would have been a collector's item, honestly. Well, Will, I mean, you'd have had all sorts of stuff in there, wouldn't you? Not, not, not just our stuff. Um no, I had um, Embrace. Um, yeah, yeah. All, all the Embrace stuff, yeah. Um, did, did they do the second album with you in your Yeah, se- second and third. Oh, and the third, right, nice. right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was done there. Um, yeah, that, that, I think that was when we first got um, first met Danny and um, and Rick and everyone from Embrace was meeting them down at Soundworks. And again, uh, that was, that was um, my brother. You know, my brother still is a massive Embrace fan, but um, you know, at the time he was a massive Embrace fan as well. And you know, that were, uh, gave me a bit of credibility with him, all those sorts of things. Right. <laughs> yeah, in the studio. Yeah, well, I lost all the Smurf stuff as well, which is probably no sad loss. Oh, mate, <laughs> hell. Oh fucking hell, Pete. So yeah, this um you had how many sales was that for, Will? How many sales was it? Uh, it was 1.2 million. <laughs> so uh the Smurfs record was made in Soundworks. So did you engineer that record, Will, or did you sort of produce it? I produced it. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember yeah. we go in there and there was like a gold disc or a platinum, whatever it was, um, for the Smurfs. The and you're Smurfs. just like, what? What's going on with that? <laughs> like the la, yeah. la, 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 like the real Smurfs? <laughs> yeah, the real Smurfs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I did about, I don't know, three or four of their albums. Oh, did you? It, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, I, I, I occasionally get a PRS check. <laughs> I'm gonna say, yeah, I bet, yeah, I bet you got some PRS out of that though. Smurf, man. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Did you ever meet Smurf there? Sadly not. Oh, no, <laughs> no, it's just two of us. It's just two of us who made those albums. That was oh, it. right, was it? Yeah, yeah. Just, just one person who does all the, does all the vocals, or did you get any involved yeah. vocals? Um, no, I didn't do any vocals. No, there's one bloke who lives locally here near Harrogate. Um, he right. did the vocals and I did all the music. Right. That was it. <laughs> Remember, we did say music and more. This yeah, is the that's more true. The Smurfs record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we used to love that though, man. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. We'd just be like, you work with the Smurfs. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've still got those out, those uh, platinum albums. They got flooded, but somebody uh, really skilled um, restorer. Oh, restored he got, them. He, he, he restored them, yeah, which is great. You know. That's awesome. Because you got you you got a gold disc from our album as well, weren't you? I did, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Did that survive? Did that survive floodgate? Oh well, yeah, it got renovated. Oh, lovely, lovely. So it got flooded, but renovated. That's all. Right. Yeah, but it, it's up on the wall at Iger. Oh, Ooh. is it in the control room? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, I, I haven't been in there yet. I need to go in and have a look at that, man, because it does look really cool and uh, nice, man. It's a good studio. I, I You know, I'd love to come. But, yeah, yeah we'll d- come and do some stuff there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Nice. Yeah. I'll yeah. be there. Excellent. I'll be there. <laughs> so where are you based, Pete? I'm from Kipax. <laughs> <laughs> very droll. Yeah, very droll indeed. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's from South Carolina. No, I'm you? not. I'm from North Carolina. Big difference. Big difference. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereabouts? You, you live in South Carolina, have no, no, North Carolina. Right. I live so in Raleigh. Raleigh. Yeah. Oh, my my ex-wife lives in Raleigh. She does. Okay. Yeah. Have you been here? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be. <laughs> Well, man, Will, this has been awesome. You, you uh, yeah, I've, I've always been curious about that time, right? Like when the, when the music first started. I've heard stories on, on Adam's YouTube channel about the, the hide and seek and the, you know, the all the different stories. Even when we had Stu on, you know, he talked about his memories of being in that studio, and it's just been, it's been a big part. And so I've always wanted to get more, you know, color in some of the lines in that, you know, just. And uh, yeah, I'm really thankful for you coming in. This has been uh, this has been for the music historians out there. This is definitely going to be uh, radio gold. All oh, right. Okay. Well, it's been a real pleasure. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, Will. Um, it's been it's been. I don't know how many years it's been since we've seen each other. Um, but uh, you look really well. Do you know what I mean? You look really well. Um, it's great to talk to you. It's great to be it's back the, in touch. Do you know what I mean? It's the Botox, dear. <laughs> It's the Botox from all those Smurfs <laughs> records that you sold. <laughs> it's all that Smurf money. <laughs> oh man, that sounds like some sort of euphemism for somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, and it's great to see you again, and great to meet you, Pete. Same. I, I love meeting other brothers from Yorkshire. It's been great. Mm, excellent. <laughs> so yeah, this has been episode fourteen of Music and More, and uh, this has been Will Jackson talking to us about the old days and recording some of our early demos and things. But yeah, um, hope you all all enjoyed it, and uh, hope you listen to the next one. Thank you.